0: Yes, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to dive into a modern classic, definitely the best live album of last year, and that is, of course, Ty Seagal's Deforming Loops*.
1: how the fuck are you? I am absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, especially after hearing that wonderful intro there, yeah, of, a, of a fantastic live album that I'm only now properly appreciating, I have
0: to say, and, and, we'll, and we'll get into it over the next half an hour or so. I'm glad you're appreciating. I, I mean, it took me a while to get my hands on it, as we'll talk about. I have no idea how I fucking came across this, but it really is probably... When did I, I bought it just after Christmas in New York and um, it was too late to put on the Albums of the Year podcast but I would say that this is probably one of my top albums if not the top Yeah, I remember when you bought it
1: and you were raving about it and you right. put one of the songs on our playlist and you were listening to this and, you were, and I was like, I did really like it but I don't think I gave it the attention it deserved at the time um, but in sort of preparation for this, when you sort of put it on our list to, to talk about, uh, I've I've gave it uh, lots of consecutive lessons, and I I, f- I fully appreciate its uh, its its complexity, its power, its uh, energy. Um, just a really really great recent live album that I don't think you can say that. About well, many. talking
0: about appreciating <laughs> complexity and depth and all those sorts of uh, superlatives. Let's talk about what we're going to drink tonight. So um, I'll start us off. And this is because today the postman delivered me a gift. I had no idea this was coming, but um, I've been gifted a bottle of dead man's fingers, which uh, isn't isn't from the mafia. No one's cut off anybody. So it's not from the Yakuza. Um, it's a brand of rum that's actually from the UK, from Cornwall. And it was created at the oh. Rum and Crab Shack in St. Ives. In this edition... Because from what I've seen, they've got a lot of additions. Um, this is a hemp edition, so I'm looking oh. forward to this. It's going to have a wee bit of a uh, CBD going on. Uh, let nice. me just pop that out now Oh, Aye. I'm quite intrigued by this because
1: I've I've seen they do have a diff- number of different flavors, like you said, um, quite interesting bottles.
0: Well, like this sh- one's like a design. purple kind of alloy with a pink skull and a neon green um, text on it, and it's it's nice. On the nose, well, we all know I'm terrible at kind of taking things <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> yeah, we had that taste test. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got a little bit of a weed vibe, but it's very, very uh, perfumed as well. So I'm looking forward okay. to just pouring this in. I looked on their website. They, do, they gave a, a cocktail, I think it was called a dead mule, and it was right. pretty much like a Moscow Mule, oh. a Moscow Mule, but it had this hemp rum in there instead. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. all the stores are closed, um, or anywhere that I wanted to go, uh, so I couldn't get any kind of mint or the rest that kind of go with that. I'm just going to do this like a normal rum and coke first of all to see if any of those flavours or complexities come out. Uh, while yeah. I'm pouring this, Craig Smith, tell us what you've got in your glass.
1: Well, um, I have got uh, I've got another rum here, um, one that I, again I picked up fairly recently and it is called iguana rum and it is uh, from uh, panama <gasps> what was that was that uh, van halen van that? <laughs> um <laughs> and this one like uh the one i, I spoke about recently the um uh, english harbour it's another five year age drum so again it's got that nice kind of depth and body because it's had that kind of time in an oak barrels it's got a nice kind of vanilla flavor but not not in a horrible synthetic way again what about the kind of 20 odd quid mark you're kind of mid-range i'm i'm really enjoying it just a wee bit of lime in there and coca-cola nothing um too fancy keeping it very much um cuba Libre style and it's aye, it's
0: very very tasty Cuba Libre style oh I do I do like that Craig that's very nice to for, to to inject a little bit of culture into our show there not just Whoa. a rum and coke but Cuba Libre Cuba Libre so have a well we're both going to enjoy rum and coke so cheers to you and cheers to you listeners cheers cheers lovely. Put quite a lot of lime in there, but that kind of right. earthiness that comes from hemp. Not that I'm mm-hmm. a, a huge expert on or anything, uh, but you get that kind of earthiness. You get that kind of leafy flavour. It definitely is a bit green on the tongue. Yeah, and it's nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if this has any effect. So, um where to where to begin with us really?
1: And uh, do you want to ta- do you want to talk a wee bit about? about I guess let's start at the start where you first came across this you said you bought it in New York
0: the question should be where to begin because I have no recollection of how I began listening to this album I have never or I had never listened to a studio recording by Taisagal but it just so happened that this live album came out and I was like you know what fuck it I'm going to try it and um, it's an absolute monster absolute monster like it's just the noisiest (laughs) thing ever I love it and it's not noisy in the way that it's like um, a terrorist attack on your ears. Like It's no. it's grooving and it's it's got that kind of stoner rock feel, but really powerful. Yeah. Um. I think we were talking about before, some of the distortions that these cunts come out with, I've no idea what pedals they're using. Cut a long story short, I've no idea how I discovered this. I knew I always wanted it. I'd been looking to see if I could get uh, a UK edition, like a pressing. Not many retailers were selling it in the UK. So... Christmas was coming, we'd planned a trip to New York uh, just for after Christmas, and I'd saved up a lot of money just to go and spend it on records. And I came across this, and I just had to buy it. I had to buy it straight away. And it probably, if if you were to ask me what records I bought in New York, I really couldn't tell you what else I bought apart from this one album. Uh, Which is scary, but it shows how impressive this album is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely
1: and I th- as I said I don't think I appreciate the time because you're, you're kind of going on about
0: it but it was that um, a time of year as well time. we'd kind of yeah. when we were doing that podcast the end of year podcast you kind of saturate yourself with new music and you're like I can of be fucked listening to else new like that's it No, you've crammed that's, it so it. I can understand I bring something you're like what is this
1: so anyway yeah. back to back to the album at hand um, and Ty Seagull and I think we should get another track on now in this album, uh, and obviously we're going through a lot of live albums at the moment. Um, it's only eight tracks long now. You did mention the sort of length of that opening track being being um, over sort of what did you say? It was it nine minutes long. Nine and, nine and a half minutes, I eh? Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed, um, compared to some of the other albums that we've been chatting about, likes so, of the Doors that we spoke about on a previous episode, where you know they dedicate 15 minutes to a sound check yeah. which is fucking bizarre on this there's there, there's not a lot of sort of crowd interaction or you, you don't see that kind of stuff you know that kind of No sh- there's zero crowd long.
0: interaction and I think it's just um it's job done like I've read quite a few interviews with Ty and and he talks about how making music is his job and he he loves the fact that it's his job but, for instance, in the last last year, I'm sure he actually released four or five albums. I, he's, pr- he's absolutely prolific. He- uh-huh. And this is where I found it really... I, w- I was happy to go to a live album because, one, it's the really heavy style because we'll yeah. go into it later, but he, he plays around a lot with genres. Definitely sticks to a lot of kind of garage stuff yep. or garage rock, um, if you want garage. to call it that. And just in case you think I'm talking about UK <laughs> garage. I'm not talking about Craig David. Oh, yeah. Uh or speed um, damage. But this is like this was a great introduction to his music. And I actually struggle when I listen to his albums now. But I what? don't know, this live album, we looked at the set list because it's it's cut over two nights, and yeah. it was definitely not eight tracks long. There was a lot of fucking music getting played that night. The set so it really shoot. is just like a best of. Yeah. We may as well
1: so sort of say that now. Um, so Steve Albini recorded it. Um yep. but it was interesting what are, what tracks he chose from that sort of sprawling set of 25-plus songs. Yeah. Um, and, and it is a good combination of, like, older tracks, um, mm. like, ones that, like, I think fans would really, like, appreciate. Like, oh, that's that one, that's great. And there's I think there's at least one, maybe even two covers on there. And I know he has someone that likes his covers, and they do appear on his studio albums as well. Yeah, Cherry Red's a cover of... Uh, the Groundhogs 1971
0: classic, apparently. Um, But yeah, Steve Albini actually was, I think he's produced a few of Tyson Girl's latest <laughs> albums. So it yeah. was an obvious kind of choice. He's also the man you want to go to for a powerful record um, and a powerful production. He Absolutely. also has this amazing YouTube channel. If anybody's got some free time, which I know you do right now, just type in Steve Albini and go on to YouTube. Like, his way of working in the studio is just incredible. He um, he's like a surgeon. It's so it's just amazing. He's such a dedicated audiophile. He makes his own pedals, makes his own DI yeah. boxes. It's it's just so incredible, and it's like a match made in heaven for Ty Seagal and Steve Albini to get together.
1: Yeah, not really. As in, I read an interview recently, and they're they're pretty like they're pretty good friends now as well, and. Yeah. He comes over to the house and they, you know, have dinner and all that together and it's I think it's quite mind-blowing for Seagal I'm
2: looking and touching her place. She's making my favourite breakfast days I want it to be
1: i was just like, is he like, is it spelled like Stevens Cigar?
2: I
0: don't know it what be, I thought about yeah, that. Huh? Today. Maybe he's, re- maybe uh, actually, maybe he's related, He's Related, okay, aye.
1: I tell you what, my ears were under siege when I was listening that <laughs> <on> today. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way. And there's a lot of surprises as well, like when she popped out the cake. <laughs> 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 Ah, that was the a a Pause good button thing. was fucking worn out in that <laughs> scene. <laughs> oh man! Oh, um, uh,
0: I was young. What was I going to say? <laughs> so, um, interestingly, just like with the doors, I know we've talked about the doors. I, for a long time, still didn't own any Ty records. I was like, fuck it this is the record I want to listen to because it's the live one, it's powerful I go back to his studio stuff and I'm like no, it's a bit clean sounding, a bit well produced Um, but I was interested in the fact that he did did so many styles and certain albums were like all acoustic and then there's ones that are kind of more Beatles-esque and then there's the the definitely kind of garage rock sort of sound 100% because it's so prolific, you're like what album do I fucking start with?
1: Yeah and that is, a, that is a really good call-out for, for a live album if it's... Because, I mean, best-ofs are like... He's not that type of artist that would have a best-of yet. Um,
0: no, no but I will tell you what he has got. And it's if, if you're interested in Ty girl but you don't want to go through all the albums and, and spend a lot of money, mm. he's just released, and this one again was just at the end of last year, a box set which right. I purchased... Um, in lockdown i purchased it because i wanted a lot of records and i got this it's a four lp box set okay so four lps filled with demos and generally when you think of demos you're like "Ah, oh, fuck it's gonna be shite but shite. it's not it's like a lot of these songs are fully formed they're actually more the single versions or ones that is used on split eps with other bands yeah and it's uh, it covers pretty much his entire career as a solo recording artist and yeah. those four LPs in the box set cost a whopping thirty pounds. So no, uh, you're getting value. hours and hours of music and it's thirty quid. Oh, this so is this, yeah I'd get this album first, but if you if you want to kinda of explore a bit more into the world of this wonderfully creative individual, then I would recommend getting that album. I'd get that box set. Oh, and I know good, you're not a fan it's a great of box call, sets, Craig, then, but um that was I'm, I'm sure you'll probably buy it at some point.
1: I'm not really do you know
0: what oh, it's not.
1: It's my OCD though, because I, I look at my, my shelving and I, I see them there, and they look fucking out of place. <laughs> so if I could find like a home for them somewhere like out my I eye line, I have my box sets them, in a
0: separate section. I, I actually have them above.
1: I do as well, but they still offend my eyes. Maybe I'm you've sorry. not got enough yet. That's maybe what it is. That's maybe what it is. You need actually, to get I have to more get,
0: box go, sets to fill an actual. More box sets. let get more.
1: around uh, the sort of the, the way he spans and sort of jumps between genre is a is a really good point when I was listening to this um, recently I was like right I'm going to I've not listened to any of the albums a bit like you, I've not listened to any of the albums and I'm like right I'll go on and I will listen to uh, an album and I did listen to is it Freedom's Goblin it's called uh, and he kind of talks about this, like he recorded it in uh, I think five or six different studios in different states at different times. And it really is a good example of how you can go from these really like melodic kind of folksy ballads to psychedelic rock to fucking, um, you know, kind of T-Rex style fucking, what do you call that again, glam, glam. rock. Yeah, totally, um, and he, I think it's across a double LP as well. So it, it kind of it does jump about a wee bit, and it's a bit sort of mixed up. Um, but it kind of works, and it was kind of him like just like showing his kind of full repertoire across a. Talking across about T Rex,
0: um, and I know you're going to talk about his love of covers. He actually released an EP, well, a full album actually now, um, of him just doing T Rex covers, and it's called T-Rex.
1: Oh, I didn't even know that. So
0: he's got all these amazing like 20th century boy and all that sort of stuff covered by him. Are you Are trying to bankrupt me here? Tell me all this stuff. Stop telling me this. <laughs> so that rom's got down pretty well, Craig. Uh, it's been great. It has been absolutely, it's been a, it's a, been a wonderful companion on this journey of psychedelia and uh, hard rocking fucking guitars. And I feel like we've maybe talked a lot about Tysagal now. So just go out and fucking buy it.
1: Just yeah, seriously, do what I did. Give it a listen on Spotify. Get your headphones on though or play Don't it loud. Do that, just go
0: buy it on Barf- our fucking advice.